Cheers! Welcome, Welcome to, to Movie, movie Bitches. Bitches. Let's have a kiki with Movie Bitches, our podcast where we talk about whatever we want. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. This episode, we are talking about the Toronto International Film Festival. Hashtag Tiff19. Yeah, that was, that was the hashtag that we put on everything. That's what they told us to do. We did what we were told. Speaking of hashtags, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's just at Movie Bitches. One word. Yep. All together. And make sure to subscribe, follow our podcast, rate and review us on iTunes. That really helps. Follow us on Spotify. Tell all your friends. There's uh, far too many apps to listen to podcasts. Yes. So I couldn't listen to whichever all, one you, you prefer. <laughs> prefer, download it. Yeah. Listen to it. It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. I mean, you're already doing it right now, so that's great. This was my first time in Toronto, uh, oh, yeah. and I loved it. It was fabulous. Yeah, it's crazy. It was so exciting. We got press passes for TIFF, so yes. we got to feel all fancy and walk into the press screenings, which was really fun. It was. And we just had a blast. We really did. The food well, was great. Yes, it was. I found some thrift stores. Yeah. Into it. Yeah. Yes. Definitely this year is better than last year in terms of quality film great well wouldn't you say i didn't go last year well no, i meant like in general in ge so toronto tiff is like the oscars the cue them up for oscars <laughs> i don't know what word i'm trying to figure out but you know what i mean where it's like i don't either all of the movies that is going to be like the oscar they're bid. coming down the pike yeah that's a thing that's a thing they're bobsledding towards the oscar race <laughs> i don't know snow Canada. Sure, yeah. Bobsledding. Mm -hmm. Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. No, not Jamaica. No. Um, but yeah, so TIFF is definitely like the most commercial and the most Oscar buzzy of the festivals. TIFF has like a good mixture of like movies that might come out two weeks later. Judy, we'll talk about it. To, you know, some random Irish movie that was really cute. We'll talk about it. We'll get into it. Yeah. But so it's kind of fun that we got to see these Oscar movies. But also all of the Oscar movies this year for me are much better than last year's. Oh, yeah. No, last year was a disaster. It really was. I, I mean, you know, Green Book. I don't know. There was a lot of... <laughs> it wasn't great. No. Didn't have a front runner. But so we'll, we'll talk about our festival experience overall, but also we'll talk about all the movies that we saw because that's the point. What do you think was your favorite of the festival? Favorite movie? Yeah. Ooh... It's hard for me because I so think of a film festival as like independent film mm. championing the underdog. Sure. So so like saying that Knives Out was my favorite movie at the film festival is weird to me. Sure. But I think it was. It's the one I'd want to rewatch. I would rewatch Parasite because I feel like the more that I watch it, the oh. more that I would like oh, holy really shit. get to learn. You know what? Parasite. I kind of forgot for a second. Parasite. We saw so many movies. I know. There's so many. But also Knives Out was really fun. But Parasite also it checks off the boxes of like a festival film too. I mean, I, I don't think we saw a movie I hated by any means. There was... I mean, we saw a couple that you fell asleep in. Well, you know. But also just two, jet lag. Just two really. But I didn't hate them. No, no, no. Me falling asleep in a movie is not me hate. If I hate a movie, I'm awake for it. Because I'm like, fuck this. I'm mad. <laughs> if I fall asleep, I'm like... Oh, no, I was... Just so indifferent. Just so indifferent, which is maybe worse. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so the first movie I fell asleep during uh, was The Life and Times of David Copperfield. Is that what it was called? I, I think it's the personal... It's called The Personal History of David Copperfield. Oh, I feel like it should be called A Personal History because it's so subjective. Sure. 
I didn't care for this movie. No, um, it's the first one we saw. Yeah. So I was jet lagged. Uh, so I took a snooze, but also it was boring. But also I feel like throughout our entire Toronto trip, people kept saying, oh, what did you think about that movie? Because you're the only ones we know that saw it. And oh, our response was the costumes were great. The costumes were great. Also Tilda Swinton. That was all we had to say. Pretty much. And, Whenever, oh, yeah. and Dev Patel can get it. He oh yeah, he's cute. very cute. That was, and he's that, a good actor. Yeah. But, there was but, nothing tragically wrong about the film. And that's, I think, one of the reasons I fell asleep. The personal life. No. No. <laughs> the personal history of David Copperfield. Yes. Right. It's the new Armando Iannucci movie. And the thing is, it was weird to me. So he did In the Loop. He did In the Loop, The Thick of It, Veep. Yes, uh, Death of Stalin was Death his most Stalin. recent one. Yeah, um, that was also at TIFF a couple years ago. I mean, where he shines is satirizing politics. Yeah, that seems to be his specialty. It's like dry wit, and it's kind of. I yes. mean, I actually really liked the Death of Stalin. It was heavy, but it was also funny, and and it was. Well, this had no satire to no. it, which was weird, and barely any social commentary to no, it. No, it was actually quite earnest. Yeah, and also almost too plain. It was just too plain. I was like, what are you trying to tell me? Why are we telling this story? Right. What exactly is this all about? I mean, the only sort of uh, interesting thing that it did was the whole film is completely colorblindly cast. So like Dev Patel is playing David Copperfield, which is, uh, you know, I guess the most biographical um, to Dickens. In, mm. in his, historically. Interesting. It's so, the yes. closest to his life story. Sure. Dick, David Copperfield is is the closest to his own personal story. So a personal history of David Copperfield. Sure. You know, it's making that kind of comment. So Dev Patel plays David Copperfield. His mother is white. You know, then there'll be a character who is black, but their child is white or Asian. It's all completely colorblind. Yeah. So that was an interesting, um, kind of the most interesting thing the film did. Absolutely. It was mostly successful. But I think it was unsuccessful in what exactly is that telling me? It didn't make a comment on class really, not really, not anything more than David Copperfield already does. Right. It just seemed happenstantial. Which is, I guess, a comment in a way, like, who cares? Right. Why are we, why do we see color? Absolutely. That's lovely. But like, I wanted some kind of comment on it or twist or, or reasoning so I could be like, oh. Yeah. Instead of like. Okay. Sure. It didn't make it more interesting. But it didn't, exactly. It didn't make it more interesting. It just almost seemed then like a gimmick. I didn't understand the reasoning behind it because the movie didn't have any political, social sort of perspective. No. That was the issue. Where his films usually do. Sure. So I was sitting there asleep, but also like, well, okay, sure. Yeah. Look at these costumes. Oh my God, Tilda. Oh, look at Hugh Laurie's vest. Double-breasted vest. Yes. I mean, I will say, speaking (laughs) of the cast, that the cast was great. Oh, it was expansive. Yeah. Uh, That you'll go, I know them. Yeah. I don't know their name, but I know them. Yeah, weren't they on one of those? They were. Something. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that That's so-and-so from this. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. I would say... uh, you could watch it, but I would watch it on like streaming or something. Yeah, I really yeah. like if this came when it comes out in theaters. Like I really wouldn't care. The costumes, yeah, phenomenal. Tilda, the fabric, love her. the looks, loved yeah. it. Yeah, Tilda is great. She was just, I guess, the thing that I keep going back to Tilda is that she was the only one that really was funny. energetic and entertaining. She was the only one that was funny. It, yeah, basically, the others were all kind of either 
dour or boring. Yes, or both. But not in like a, oh gosh, isn't that a statement kind of way. You <laughs> yeah. know, it was just like... Okay. It was a movie without statement. Yes. It, it, seemingly from a filmmaker who only makes statements. It was odd. It was odd. Another one of my favorite movies that we saw at TIFF was Hustlers. Oh, yes. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. The more that I think about it mm. after watching it, the more that I liked it. Oh, yeah. Because it was really fun, but also it did a really good job of layering lots of subtle commentary and conversations. And the director has talked a lot about mm-hmm. her intense and protecting and champion championing sex workers and like you know making sure that they aren't taken advantage of by the system yeah basically that they can be their own champions yeah and empower themselves exactly shine a light on the vulnerable absolutely uh but but in a fun way in a fun way i think they made this movie as commercial as they could yes which is good yeah uh it didn't become tangerine like it didn't become a dark and thoughtful drama um no it's but you know, it stayed pretty light yeah. for the most part. But I thought the performances were fantastic. This is certainly the closest thing we're going to get to Showgirls oh anytime God. soon. But it's also like the Showgirls that we wanted, if that makes sense. Uh, I mean, Showgirls is so great in its own There's somewhere in way. between. Uh, I said this in our short review of Hustlers. This movie didn't have a lot of nudity for what it is. True. It didn't have any sex scenes for what it was. Um, and so I actually, it made me appreciate how balls to the walls i mean i hate using that phrase but like how balls to the walls showgirls went like and we're just going to be fully nude and like have hardcore nc-17 like you know it didn't work out sure it worked out in a different way but it did make me appreciate how uh courageous that was in a way yes and also i mean like you said particularly for the actresses to just be willing to yeah say okay i'll do this exactly yeah if it was in more adept hands perhaps then that could have i mean i don't (laughs) paul verhoeven knows what he's doing i just not in terms of telling a female story like no 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 no. yes yes had they had more women involved in showgirls yeah we would be having a different conversation absolutely 100 percent agree with that because they are robot people who don't exist (laughs) and like shells of women yes that are male projections it's i mean agreed the story the script of showgirls is such a mess compared to the script of this absolutely and the handling of women is so obviously different because it's i mean pretty much an entirely film crew and cast oh yeah i mean it was amazing the male characters are completely secondary yeah which is usually the role of the female characters and there are very few of them and there's there's very few this movie was handled with care it was campy it was cheesy it was dramatic it was over the top i thoroughly enjoyed it i did too also j-lo oh my god j-lo all of them the whole cast constance Wu. the whole cast but also j-lo well i mean always (laughs) j-lo Speaking of movies I would watch again, I would absolutely watch Hustlers again. Oh, 100%. Certainly J-Lo's dance. Oh my god. It It was fun. It was great. But also thoughtful. Mm -hmm. Speaking of female filmmakers, I mean, it was exciting. We saw about half the movies that we saw at TIFF were directed by women. Yes. And were female-centric stories. Yes. Which was very exciting. It was. Well, that was part of our mandate as press. We applied specifically as part of their initiative to include more minority voices, either women, LGBT, people of color, 
in the press and industry side of, of telling, you know, of talking about these stories. They had a whole thing that was talking about how male critics will pan a female-directed movie disproportionately. Yeah. But, you know, it's just a, a perspective thing. And it's like, oh, yeah. if this isn't a movie for me, then I'm going to pan it. And they don't have that, like, perspective of let's look at a wider range exactly. of storytelling. I mean, that's obviously generalization, but that was kind of the scientific findings. So they launched this initiative, and Sundance is doing along with them. But I think as part of that, too, they launched an initiative in the programming side to focus on highlighting these other types of stories as well. And so it was easier to find half of the movies that we reviewed to be directed by women because... They specifically chose them. Exactly. One of the uh, cuter movies that we saw was called A Bump Along the Way. Yeah. It's an Irish movie about the 40-something single mom who unexpectedly gets pregnant and her teenage daughter and her sort of managing that. Yeah. Well, it's fun because so she's kind of like a quote-unquote fuck-up mom, right? You know, she's like a... a She's the fun mom. She's, you know, was wild in her youth. and Well, but know. even she's wild now. Like, you know, oh, she yeah. goes out and, 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 you know, gets blackout drunk every night. It, it's kind of very much like an ab fab situation where it's like, right. oh, we have this older mother who goes, you know, out and gets drunk and is silly. And then the daughter who's just like, mother, you must be more responsible. Yeah, you know, the wilder your parents are, the more conservative the children will be and vice versa. Sure. And so then it's like, oh, of course, the daughter, you know, the teenage daughter's not the one that, you know, gets goes pregnant. Out gets pregnant yeah. it's the 40 year old mother exactly but they did a good job too of setting up where like she'd been told she could never have kids again right and that was interesting I thought like all of this whole scene of you know she decides to keep the baby in part because it was truly like a miracle for her where they, she'd been told she could never have kids again and then it was like well against all the odds right but then also it was interesting to me like this kind of Irishness of it where it's like very Catholic mm-hmm. you know ooh, but the do, fact that they he said do we have to go to England right and the fact that they even discussed an abortion yeah that's a big step yeah in you know showing that in a film yeah as an option but then but then the movie really talks about kind of like her relationship with her daughter yes it was really nice I, I think Lately in film, we've seen a lot of different movies that have been just talking about female friendships and relationships. Yeah, that are realistic and not like they pass the Bechdel test with flying colors. Absolutely. It's so interesting having watched film for so long and getting complacent to male-driven, male-written female characters who you feel like, oh, well, I guess that's real. Sure. Because you've seen so much of it. And then when you see a really nice thoughtful, subtle, true characterization of, of females and females talking together, you're like, oh, yeah. oh, this is... <laughs> it's just so refreshing. It's so true. Like, it's, oh, this is the thirst I needed quenched that I didn't yeah. even realize. And that was, I mean, to go back to Hustlers real quick, like, that was part of what was so nice was that so much of it was not about their jobs or what they were doing or, yeah. or any of this kind of stuff. It was about their relationships. The camaraderie. It was very complex. Yes. And the complexity is what's so nice to see on film. It showed the competitive nature that exists between women without it being, you know, showgirls. (laughs) Sure. I'm standing behind you on the stairs and I'm going to push you down. You know, it underlying had, you know, the competitive nature that does exist between women, but also the camaraderie and the championing of each other and, you know, how we're stronger together, etc. Or also, I mean, you know, like when you look at Constance Wu's character, it was her reluctance to trust that it wasn't competitive and that it was nurturing yes you know it was always like oh no she's gonna she's out to get me because she's i can't trust anyone yeah and that but then it goes into a whole different level of why those feelings exist but it it all talked about it or it was all there at least on the screen exactly i really uh enjoyed bump along the way and 
how the characters developed over the course of it, grew together and evolved and became more empowered in each of their personalities. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did too. It was charming, fun, sweet. I would recommend it. Absolutely. So switching gears to a different genre, we watched a horror film. Well, switching gears to a different genre, but also an Irish film directed by a woman. That is true. (laughs) That is true. Which is exciting. Yeah. So this one was called Sea Fever. Which was fun and interesting. Not necessarily the most unique and exciting. No, I've seen a lot more of these kinds of movies than you. So for me, it was a medium tier. It wasn't breaking the mold. It wasn't particularly unique. Right. But it also wasn't a sci-fi original film that was garbage. No, no, no. It was well made. It was was just kind of like, oh, this story is predictable or whatever. It was a little... well-worn territory. Yeah, it was well-worn territory. But I did enjoy it. Yeah. And I thought the performances were cool. There was... I mean, I won't spoil it, but there was a moment where I screamed very loudly and was upset. Yeah. It's the best part of the movie. Ah! Uh, Let's just say it has to do with eyes. But that's all I'll say. So, yes, it's about a young woman, a researcher, marine biologist sort of person. Studies patterns. The patterns in the ocean. She's going out on like an expedition with a fishing boat to try and she's going to use her technology equipment to study the fish. Do research. And see different patterns to find out how things are changing because of climate change or whatever. Yeah, and we sort of start to get the drama that exists within the crew on the ship, on this small ship. Yes. And also the, the superstitious of having a redhead <gasps> on board. A having ship. a redhead on board? Are you kidding? Oh my gosh. And it, you know, devolves into a kind of an alien or a The Thing-esque, you know, yeah. who's infected and what exactly is going on and how we're going to survive and who is going to survive on yeah. this ship because of a potential sea monster. Yeah. I liked it. It was an enjoyable watch. It just wasn't groundbreaking. No, I won't remember, except for that one shot. Sure. I'm not going to remember a ton about this movie. No, not really. But I did enjoy it. It was I mean, I kind of, like, these types of movies are fine for me. Like, I don't mind this kind of quote-unquote horror. Like, it's not, you know, I'm cool with these. Yeah. They don't really scare me. Also, because I don't typically go on boats like this. But, I mean, a wood-hulled shipping boat, I'm still confused. And they start to go, oh, no, this, you know, mysterious goo is eating through the hull of the ship. I was going, what? They're like, look at the wood. It's just going away. And it's just, away. like, planks of wood. I'm I did like, find what? that to be confusing. When is this? Like, what's happening? Because, because clearly, from... especially the other thing was that when you looked at it from the outside. Like the, the wide ship... shots of yeah. the ship, it was like, well, that seems to be a still hold ship. Fishing ship, yeah. Oh, no. Okay, weird. I definitely, like, prefer more of a grabber's style movie. That was much more entertaining and fun and fun. Well, yeah, I like the comedy Black horse. comedy, you know, yeah. sort of more adventurous. This was more mythological i think i might have gotten more out of it had i been irish and known a few more of the mythos of it all lure you know lore lore the lore of it not the lure which yes go watch the lore if i had known more of the lore had they taken more time to set uh, sort of an atmosphere with the lore or had drawings or some sort of book uh, more of the superstition Mm -hmm. and it was very small and few and far between and and uh, I think that could have uh, rounded out the flavoring of the movie a little more. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, weirdly enough, I mean, because we hardly, maybe probably never say this, but I wish it was a little longer, or at least that they had spent a little bit more time fleshing out the characters. It would be nice to see her, you know, oh, the science person, right? And right. her firm science beliefs contrasted with the, 
the lore and like the, the, superstition. the mystery superstition of the sea, you know, and it's like, oh, well, you know, they're clashing or whatever. And it turns out something's kind of maybe in between or whatever mm-hmm. the answer is. We don't know. I would have liked that. Yeah. I think that would have made it more exciting and entertaining and had more of like a point. It would have engaged me more with the characters for Absolutely. sure. It was good. You could watch it if you like that kind of movie. Yeah. It was also somewhat forgettable. Should we talk about another movie that you fell asleep during? <laughs> this one was for a different reason. Yeah. So we saw The Kingmaker, the new Lauren Greenfield movie. She did Queen of Versailles. Yeah. She's really into royalty. Next she's going to do something on you know, Prince Harry or something. Mm. Oh my uh, God, if she did a Prince Andrew expose. Oh, I mean. I would not want to watch that, but I bet you Maybe that's her next project. Maybe. But yeah, uh, the new documentary about Imelda Marcos. It's interesting. Anytime I talk to anybody about this movie, their response is, oh, the lady with the shoes. Like, that seems to be the headline. That's the only thing people know about Imelda Marcos. That's what's crazy. The only thing people know about Imelda Marcos is the lady with the shoes. And that was kind of, I mean, I didn't really know much going into it. No. I was like, oh, Imelda Marcos. Shoes, Philippines, opulent, love well, yeah, it. The I'm poster, intrigued. It's like, oh, look at it, this outfit. Okay, what is happening? Well, and like her films, the, I mean, at least Queen of Versailles, it's like kind of not what you would expect, right? You're like, right. ooh, we're going to do one thing and then it's going to turn into something else. And this movie definitely does that. Yes. It was just not where I expected it to go. And it was very depressing because of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, she definitely follows the Maisel Brothers sort of cinema verite. I'm just going to keep filming you and hopefully it's long enough that you trust me that, oh, good, I got this on film. Exactly. You know, that kind of thing. Yes. Starts and it's sort of just a portrait of her, you know, as a person. Oh, I'm living here now. I want to bring the Philippines back to how it was when I was in charge And it devolves into uncovering, you know, that they, her and her husband essentially systematically bankrupted the Philippines by embezzling. And they they basically stole $4 billion worth um, of assets and money from the country. Over decades and decades. Over decades. Now that uh, there's a new election coming up in the Philippines and her son is running to be vice president because in the Philippines you vote for president and vice president. It's not like, oh, you know, you run as a ticket. And so I think because it involved elections and specifically corrupt ones, my brain said, no, ma'am, I would rather take a nap. I can't deal with this. (laughs) So I definitely just, my shut down. It's like when I see a 3D movie and I'm like, my brain can't, no, I will now sleep. Uh." So yeah, I fell asleep a couple of times in this movie. I mean, the only one that you really missed much of was was her ring that was the size of a freaking, I don't even know. It was like... Size of a quince? No, but it was bigger than a quarter, I would say. Oh, shit. Like, it was Silver dollar? No, it was not the size. Of, I mean, but a diamond bigger than a quarter, April, is like... Sure. Huge. It was huge. On your ring, on your finger, it would really know, weigh you down. I know. I mean, she doesn't have to do anything, like, physically, so sure. it, it wouldn't get in the way. No, not really. It's all for show. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it really goes into this whole thing of trying to get her claws back into power. Right. And... How this family will stop at nothing and the corruption, the authoritarianism, the dictatorship, basically, that they want to reimpose. And the martial law that they, I mean, it was rough. It was really rough. What was the most depressing for me 
where I just like can't these days. You know, like you see stuff like this or whatever, and you're like, well, at least everyone knows that this is awful. So they'll see this and they'll be like, oh no, this has to stop. We should. Yeah, and instead, rise they're up. showing how like you know the schools aren't teaching. You know, oh, martial law was a great time for us because everything was orderful and whatever. Yeah, and it's like yeah. no, people were murdered. Like, what yeah. are you oh no, about? no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, it was terrifying. They showed children talking about it in classrooms, and it was just like, oh, oh no, oh no, it's Christopher Columbus all over again, guys. It, it's <laughs> They're lying to us. They're oh, lying no. to us. Yeah. That was what was most upsetting to me was just seeing yes. where this could all go and how bad it could get. It was certainly an effective film. Yes. I'm not necessarily going to be won over or changed by this film because I'm already there. I'm already like for transparency and again, all of the things, you know. And, Absolutely. And all although I guess I would say that like I had no idea. Right. You know, like, oh, it did open my eyes. Yeah, absolutely. In that sense, it was very educational and like eye opening. And I think it could do really well on like a streaming service where it's like, this is one of those blackfish or, or, you know, um, the cove or whatever, where it's like something where people watch it and they're like, holy fuck, I didn't realize that this is happening right underneath our nose. I think it's a very important film. Yes. I didn't enjoy watching it. Absolutely. (laughs) It was very depressing and sad and far too topical. Far too topical for my personal uh, capacity. Psyche at this moment. Yes. But powerful nonetheless. Absolutely. Speaking of depressing movies, we also saw Joker. We did see Joker. Which we have a full review that's probably already out. But Joker was a tough one for me because it was really good and his performance was amazing. Phenomenal. And it was artistically directed. It looked beautiful. There was so much of it that was good, and yet it was also so depressing. And the biggest thing for me was that there were multiple moments in the film where I just felt like I was concerned that it was irresponsible. It glorified in a lot of ways this idea of, like, the downtrodden in society should just murder people. Yes. I think it rode the line mostly. It's hard to make a movie about a villain where the villain is the main character where you're not rooting for them, right? Right. You don't want to make a movie that's just depressing and just like, well, I fucking hate this main character, fuck them. Right. So they did a very, I thought, thoughtful portrait of someone who is mentally ill and is having no help societally um, to get himself out of this hole. Absolutely. And so they did a really good job of endearing that character to me. But also you have to kind of have a big brashy ending. Yes. Where he becomes the Joker. Uh, So it was difficult because they are glorifying violence and fuck the rich and and the privilege and we'll just take over and anarchy and all of that. It didn't quite glorify it in a way that was completely gross where i think like a a Zack Snyder or someone less thoughtful would it would have been like oh oh no oh no yeah. oh oh no 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 yeah, no yeah, no yeah. no no it was like right on the edge it wasn't an action movie like no. i walked out of the theater and i said that was a very thoughtful searing and dramatic portrait of mental illness yeah. that's over two and a half hours and i don't know who this is for i mean it's not like your typical comic movie book movie that's for sure no and so they did villainize him i mean he is the yes. villain and so by the end you're not supposed to be rooting for this or violence and i wasn't kind of are in a way yes I didn't take it as a, i'm not that person sure um, so for me i was like wow we should really you know safety nets for the vulnerable in society should really be, you know, I was like, okay, how can I, that's where my mind went. I'm sure 
unfortunately, the target audience for this film, young men, will probably take it differently. And that's my is concern. that irresponsible? <sighs> Maybe. Yes. I mean, I, you know, I don't. I don't know. And that was it, at least it brought those feelings up and it talked about it. And like you said, like it really did a very good job of kind of exploring the underlying psyche and like mm-hmm. let's see let's look at mental illness and yeah and the failure of, of institutions and society to help people from falling under yes and and the overarching story and that the end of the culmination is that there were so many people that felt let down by the like the whole society that seemed to only support the rich mm. that it was like well they're you know they're not alone this is the majority of people it was very current Yes. It's an interesting movie. It's a conversation starter. It's uh, maybe slightly irresponsible, but also thoughtful. Like, yeah. it was a movie that made me think. It Definitely. was probably the most powerful comic book film I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. So I-, I can't be mad at it because it opened conversations, I felt, in mostly a thoughtful way. Yes. It was a conflicting film, yeah. which I appreciate. Yeah. I liked seeing a movie that I went, ooh, I'm uncomfortable. Oh, I don't know how to feel about this. Oh, I have to kind of wrestle with this and think on this longer than five minutes after I watch this movie. Like, I'm still thinking about this movie. Absolutely. And that's a powerful and thoughtful film. Yep. Particularly one that's about the Joker. I mean, what are we talking about? I know. So anyway, we'll get into it more in the full review. Yeah. Go watch that. But I would say, on a whole, I would recommend it. Yeah, go watch the movie and go watch our review. Yes. So on a lighter note, yes. although still about murder... <laughs> <laughs> we watched Knives Out. So we talked about this a little bit in our trailer reaction slash mini review. And we have a full review coming out when the film is released later in November. Hopefully this is out before that. So we won't yeah. spoil anything here. No, because it, it's definitely really good. You should definitely see it. And yes. also definitely don't spoil yourself. No, no, no. I don't really want to say much other than it was great. I genuinely really liked it. I thought the mystery was fantastic. The performances. I was worried about the runtime. It didn't feel too long, even though it, it was long. It did to me, but not too much. Just slightly. But I would say highly recommend it. Go see it. Absolutely. So going back to Oscars, one of the ones that we saw was Judy. I mean, it was probably Renee Zellweger is Judy. Oh, 100%. It says on the poster. Whenever they say that, so-and-so is whatever, you know it's an Oscar bid. Absolutely. This was definitely Oscar bait. I was nervous. We both were nervous going in yes. because of the subject matter, because of Renee. You know, what we'd seen, it was like, ooh, that kind of looks and sounds just like Renee Zellweger, not really. It's just Renee in Judy drag. Yes. Uh, and some of it is that. Yeah. Uh, but I overcame because of the earnest, subtle, thoughtful portrait that they did of a person that I admire and love. Yeah, I really liked this movie. I liked it a lot. And I think that she deserves Oscar buzz and and a nomination at least. She will almost assuredly get an Oscar nomination, yeah. potentially win, depending potentially. on you know other films that come out. I had to get over my stipulations i had to say she's never gonna sound just like judy she's never gonna look just like judy that's fine is her performance filling me with emotions uh about this person yes uh i thought she was fantastic i thought she was really great again very balanced and nuanced and a complex study and conversation about a, a complex person and feelings and emotions and things. You know, it was not just superficial. No. And it was nice to see so many movies this year that really delved in and, and explored. I agree. I would say go see Judy. Yeah. I was happy that her voice, although the, it did not sound particularly like Judy, was very lovely. It was I lovely. think she has a wonderful voice. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, I mean, yeah. and I there were moments where she really 
had the charisma yes. of a star like Judy, where I felt like I was in this moment. And I was like, I just want more of this. I want, like, you know, it, it captured that feeling. Yes. And that's very skilled. And I think that was, for me, the breaking point for her performance, where I was like, oh, she, she nailed it. And there were times where she sounded like Judy, but for the most part, not really. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's hard. Unless they were going to somehow use Judy's actual voice and have her lip sync, which, you know, maybe could have worked. Right. I mean, they could have done like a Bohemian Rhapsody thing where it was like, oh, it's 80% Judy and 20% Renee or even yeah. some sort of mixture in between. I would have not necessarily been mad at that. But that's a choice was... that they had to make and they decided not to. And that's probably fine. Yeah. I thought this was successful enough. Yes. And the heart was there. Uh, so going back to Parasite, yeah. talking about Oscar buzz. Uh, well, this is already officially... South Korea's entrance into the foreign film category. Yeah. And I would be very happy if it got nominated just for Best Picture in general. Because I think it deserves it. Yeah. This it, was one of the best movies I've seen in a really long time. Right? It stuck with me. Again, layered, mm-hmm. subtle, but... Conflicting. Could, how do I? How am I supposed to feel about this? It's yeah. not just black or white or no. one way or the other. I thought about it for hours. Yeah. And hours yeah. after. Oh, and that was... Oh... And it was subtle in a way that you could break it down, but not vague. Yes. Agreed. Uh, it was right. There's a point of view. A point of view. But it's not slamming it over your head. And there's many ways to take it. And there's so many layers that you can go, oh, I didn't notice that before. And I didn't. And, and, and it shows different sides of, of conversations uh-huh. and, and, and topics and, and whatever. there's no hero or villain. No. It's... We're all in this together, yeah. and it's kind of fucked. Yeah, but then also it's it's a comedy, it's a horror. Uh huh. It's uh-huh. it's a really. Oh, it has one of the most terrifying shots in film that I've seen in a while. <laughs> it was a stick with me. I didn't appreciate it. I mean, I did, but I was scared. But also, it's a beautiful looking film. Gorgeous. The cinematography is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The the set design, everything. I mean, it's really great. It all came together, yeah. and I don't even necessarily want to say. Anything about it. No, I would say if you can avoid as much as possible and just go in... Completely blind? Yeah, do, do it. it. Go see and it. And maybe that's all we say. Go see Parasite. So another one that I saw at Cannes that was also at TIFF, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, another female-directed film, another subtle... Female-centric yes, yes, characters. And... Featuring, uh, I guess, lesbians, because they don't really ever have any interest in men, but they do get married to one because of society. So who knows about how they identify. But um, they definitely fall in love with each other. I mean, I don't know why I had, that was like a, I had to delve into that. That was but. like a long, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I have not seen it, so I can't comment. No, I would highly recommend it. It's really beautiful. Really, really beautiful. And it's very much catnip for us, where it's just like, you know, set in the French countryside. And it's like long, lingering glances. And it's beautiful. And it's very like Jane Austen-esque. Costumes are fabulous. And it, it's all just really like the mood is great. Mm. And, it, and But then also the story is really cool. And the, again, female friendships, female supporting each other. There's Relationships. Like a whole, it's really amazing. It's really cool. I would say definitely see it. I can't wait. It's great. So another female-directed foreign film. Yeah. I mean, we really nailed it. We really or did. Or TIFF did, but we also nailed it. Yeah, uh, it we picked them the from long... the list of <laughs> the ones that they already picked. Exactly. It's called The Long Walk, a film from Laos. Yeah. We didn't know much going in. It's a bit of a horror, sci-fi, drama, time travel. I mean, it's got a lot. And it's got I a lot. say all of those genres, and it sounds like it's going to be one thing, but it's a very subtle. Yes. Another portrait. Uh, of a of a character, you know, like a, it's a lot of character driven films mm-hmm. about 
I mean, I don't even really know how to describe this movie. It is a something else. Well, you know, it's interesting. The director, she came out and she talked about how she wants to make movies that are different than people had seen. And this certainly, for me, was different. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And it is hard to describe. I, I guess I would say it's best like a spiritual story about a serial killer. <laughs> or is he? I don't... It was mysterious. It's... um. I feel like it's probably, I mean, what I'm about to say is nonsense. Uh, The most sort of mythical representation of time travel that, like, if time travel existed, this is probably what it would be. It's almost like somewhere in time where, like, you time traveled in your mind. Uh, Nothing was tangible in this movie. It was ever evolving and growing and, uh, uh, like, time. You know, like, and you didn't, there was no rules to the time travel. And yet the way it visually represented things changing uh, by him going to the past, it is undescribable. Like she came out and said, I want to make a movie like no one has ever seen before. And I don't know how to describe it. It is a different kind of film. Yeah. For the most part, enjoyed it. Or was intrigued and engaged in it? I was engaged in it. I thought it was a bit slow. Yes. Because the plot is so meandering on purpose Mm -hmm. because of its subject matter and the time travel and past and present and afterlife. And I mean, it had a lot going on. It really did. Uh, I usually enjoy more of a plot-driven film in general. Sure. So for me, it was slow. But I did think about it later. Like, it stuck with me. And I went, oh... And the more you think about it, there's so much to really try and unpack and understand. It's tough. It's one of those films where, like, you don't leave and be like, oh, that was a movie that told me this and it was about that. Nope. It's very much the opposite, where it's like, what was that movie about? And you have to think about it and figure it out and try and unpack different things and and explore and then question your own stuff. So it was definitely a, a brain teaser. A brain teaser, an experience, unconventional. Yes. But also beautiful. Beautifully, yeah. And um, the cinematography. Interesting. The performances unique. were great. I would say it's worth a watch because it is different and yeah. interesting. If if what we have said at all intrigues you, yeah. there's all these genres within, you know, it's a ghost story. It's a time travel story. It's about a serial killer. It, it's all of these things, but it's not exciting at all. Oh, no. So don't get your hopes up for it to be some dramatic time after time serial killer killing people throughout... It's, it's not, not that Lovely Bones or whatever at that all. Movie was. Well, that movie's garbage. So it's just a dreamlike experience. I feel like, you know, dreams aren't represented properly in film. Sure. You know, it's always like, oh, there's a narrative. It's like, well, no, it's very it, much. Yeah. And then we were here because we were. And, and I knew this thing because I did, but not because I saw it or anything told me it. It's just my brain. Sure. Uh, so if any of this intrigues you, go see it. Yeah, uh, if it was possible. Certainly Hopefully one of the most different movies I've ever seen. Yeah. So the last movie that we're going to talk about, I snuck in on the last day of TIFF because Andrew had an earlier flight, uh, but I went and got to see Jojo Rabbit, the new Taika Waititi political World War II Nazi satire drama. It was also a lot to unpack. Uh, <laughs> it was. I feel like I'm still processing it, which is good. That is good. It was simultaneously very funny, very sad, dramatic, interesting, like it looks good. Sam Rockwell's there. I'm in. Uh, <laughs> you and Sam Rockwell. So, Taika Waititi's contact lenses, terrifying. Oh my God. Terrifying. He came into the frame. I went, oh, very loudly in the theater. I would recommend it. Uh, I really like Taika Waititi. I think he's one of my 
favorite new directors. I I really enjoy him. He's got a perspective I like uh, that's different than most. But I mean, he's very obviously New Zealand. Yes, they have a very specific sense of humor yes. and sensibility that I thoroughly enjoy. Yeah. So if you like that kind of humor, I would say go see it. I would say don't go into it thinking it's just a straight comedy because that's sort of what I thought. I thought it would have political and satirizing ideas, mm. but that on a whole it would be a comedy. It is, but it also is very much a drama. I think my favorite part of the movie is the opening. They uh, <laughs> they sort of do this juxtaposition of real footage of people in Germany in the 30s and 40s, like cheering all the rallies for Hitler over a German uh, language version of I want to hold your hand. Like the Beatles. So there was this really funny sort of commentary about people being Beatle maniacs. Oh, my God. Screaming. Yes, the Beatles. Oh, my gosh. gosh." Uh, But in this case, it's all for Hitler. And there was something interesting about fame and power and the mania of it all that tickled my fancy. Sure. So I laughed very loud during that part and thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, So that's sort of the tone it starts with, where it's making that kind of commentary. And then it sort of becomes more of a World War II drama at a certain point. But all the performances are great. The costumes were amazing. It looked really good. And Taika is hilarious. So I would say go see it for sure. So that was just like a brief recap of all of the movies that we saw at TIFF. Really good movies. Most of them I would recommend or highly recommend. Yeah. Some really like deep, uh, poignant filmmaking this year, which is really nice. Yeah. And and different voices. Ideas I hadn't seen before. Sure. I think it was refreshing. Well, especially given like the rest of film, you know, box office is just Disney's remake of whatever. Yes. You know, it's like this is very refreshing to see original ideas. Mm-hmm. It it quenched my thirst yes. for thoughtful character portraits. Yeah. With fabulous costumes. Even a biopic about Judy. Like you would think, oh my God, we've had enough biopics. Leave it alone for a while. But like, it was a good one. It was a good one. That's our episode on TIFF and Toronto and our experiences there. Next episode is going to be about all kinds of TV. It's so long we had to break it into two episodes. So get excited for that. Uh, (laughs) And uh, join us next time. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.